You are now in the realm of enlightenment and transformation. Welcome to Chief Speaks. All music performed and produced by you, Young. Enlightenment and transformation. Enlightenment comes from allowing yourself to journey through the dark shadows of death, the primordial abyss of wisdom's waters. For it is the treasures and mysteries that lie wait in the dark that transform us and propel us to a new enlightened state. One should neither aspire to live in the light nor the dark, but should journey between the two in order to evolve the overall reality into a self-actualized creation. Knowledge is your light as wisdom is your darkness. The bold interplay of the two in your life leads you to an enlightened understanding of yourself and the universe you've created. Male is your enlightenment. Female is your transformation. Child is your evolution. Woman, accept the light into your darkness so it may enlighten you. Man, bring your light boldly into the darkness so that it may transform you. Enlightenment and transformation. I love you so much because you just don't know what you've just done for me. Thank you so much. Wow. Okay. This is like the best call I've had in ages on BTR. So this show was was meant for me to be able to hear today, and I'm so thankful. That's his, uh, his home. For now, a new pathway has now been cut in order to get to the Almighty, where there may not have been one. So the communication with them, if they have enough power and strength by to talk to us, the communication will carry you with us. one of the reasons I don't get into the current events thing too much because it starts to become a perpetual alarm clock that we just keep hitting snooze on. I speak to the ascended masters, quote unquote. I talk about spiritual stuff, but I also speak about some very practical, we can do today things. Be as natural as you can be with your spiritual self. You can't always go by your feelings because your feelings are corrupted. Your feelings are just as corrupted as everything else, your chakras and everything else. You got to know what's beyond you, and that's why we have elders. We can't do everything. You can't get everything out of books or or a weekend certification. You can have the most powerful, ancient, oldest, most, as far as you know, truthful tradition in your hands. And if you still have a, a dirty um, spirit, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're not going to learn anything. You're not actually going to grow. I try to teach in a way where I make myself obsolete. That's always been my goal, to make myself obsolete. Um, I really wanted to, you know, kind of big you up, um, you know, I think you're awesome. There's a lot of elders out here right now that that want to know what's going on. They're not getting on Twitter and stuff like that, but they want to be up on, on the new stuff. You know, sit down and have some conversations with them. You know, it's not always about hearing their story. It's also about being news reporters for them and letting them know, like, yeah, this is what's, what's happening right now. They may tell you something about what happened in Charleston that you couldn't even... Your spirituality has to create the same spiritual family, okay? And that family exists first inside of you. You have to express the different expressions of, of that rainbow coalition of, of spirits inside of you first, okay? Don't, don't let communities hijack that rainbow. See, the problem is when we come into the conscious community, the dudes are doing the same thing that the women are doing. I just want to say that I really enjoy your show every Sunday and... Um my friend and I call it going to church. You know, when we call him, we'll be like, you going to church? 
God cannot go against his own truth. So anytime you have an inkling that God is going against his own truth, then God is no longer behaving as God, so therefore the spiritual community doesn't recognize God. You dig where I'm coming from? Or can we have a new thought? Can we step outside of the books for a second and have a new conversation about hair weaves and wigs? You know, can we have a new conversation about homosexuality? Can we have a new conversation about vegan eating? It's a good day for exorcism. Anu Nation is home to the Anu Spiritual Order founded by Chief Jegna Haru Yuya Asan Anu. Some of the components of Anu Nation are Anu Life Global Ministries, Enlightenment and Transformation, Sadulu House, and Osiris Life Spiritual Services. SuduluHouse.com is the school component of Anu Nation, where spiritual empowerment through education and training is emphasized. One way that is accomplished is through our monthly webinars. Our webinars are packed with foundational information, rituals, and live instruction to empower your spiritual work. At SuduluHouse.com, you can view our diverse list of topics for this year that range from meditation to sex magic. And you can also register for any of the webinars at your convenience, sign up for our introductory Orisha class, schedule a spiritual reading, and sign up for the Anu Spiritual Training course. Enlightenment and Transformation is the media component of Anu Nation. Here, you can view all of our archive shows from over the years to our current segments. They include Chief Speaks, Masterminds Monday, Anu Asafo, Thunderground Thursdays, and Foundational Fridays. You can also visit us on our YouTube channels. They are Enlightenment and Transformation, Orisha Yoruba, and Anu Nation. Osiris Life Spiritual Services is for those who are ready to take the necessary actions to bring your life into holistic balance. Here we offer consistent monthly one-on-one coaching, solutions that are tailored just for you, practical hands-on self-development techniques that will accompany your monthly readings, and customized practical strategies designed for you that guarantee positive results. Simply choose the package that best fits your needs. And last but not least, AlphaOmegaStore.com. The Alpha Omega Store is our online botanica where we offer divination tools, herbs and incense, DVDs, books, and other hard-to-find ritual items. You can also get our best-selling foundational book, Grasping the Root of Divine Power. Other great works from Anu Nation are Shrine and Altar, Solutions for Dysfunctional Family Relationships, and Natural Hair for Young Women, all great books to assist you on your journey. To find out more on how to get involved with Anu Nation, visit our websites and YouTube channels and be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Okay. Okay. Eku. Eku Oruko. Eku Oruvo. Oruko Mini. Yuya. Bawoni Mika. Good morning, everyone. This is Chief Yuya. And how are you all this morning? Yeah, I was just feeling the Yoruba vibe a little bit <laughs> this morning. But uh, welcome, everyone, to Chief Speaks. 
My name is Chief Yuya, and you, of course, are listening to Enlightenment and Transformation. And I want to welcome all of our first-time listeners, as well as all of our traditional and historical listeners. I see everyone's in the not everyone, because I know everyone doesn't usually show up to about 20 minutes into the show. But uh, I see a lot of you are currently in the uh, chat room. So peace to you all in the chat. Got a couple of people on Blog Talk, and uh, we got some folks on YouTube as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So just welcome, welcome to all of you. Um, before we get started, <laughs> let me deal with the the elephant in the room. Uh, I know a lot of you who tune in regularly uh, uh, notice that I I had to end the show uh, a bit early last Friday, and I let me start by saying thank you for everyone who reached out. Um, who called, and everyone who also, uh, you know, wrote in a, a message just to check on me to see how I was doing. Uh, for some reason, I guess by another reason, uh, it got back to me that a couple people thought I was crying on the air. Uh, I wasn't crying. I actually was nauseated. <laughs> yeah, I was um, um, still kind of still dealing with it. I'm still not 100%, but I mustered up enough enough strength this dawning to juice up some pineapple and some other things to get through today's segment. Um, yeah, dealing with a real, real severe stomach virus and, um, and my usual fashion of self abuse and masochism, uh, I attempted to, or, or, or <laughs> I attempted to, um, try to do Friday show, even though I was, extremely nauseated and uh it just was not it it was it was disrespectful to my body and uh it was disrespectful to the spirits that that keep me sustained so um no what what you heard friday was me having to hurry up and get off because i was in the middle middle of vomiting i'm trying not to be too disgusting but yeah the the, the night before that Thursday night, I was in, in the hospital for a good amount of the day. I had to help someone out who injured themselves. And um, so I took them to the hospital. And that evening, uh, I hit a salad bar. And I'm 100% positive it was a combination of being in that disgusting hospital environment. Uh, and I was in there for a very long time because I gave them a lift and then I waited around until the doctors was done with them and then took them back home, helped them pick up some food and things like that. So, you know, I was in that environment for a while. And then uh, I think I just grabbed some, some bad greens, <laughs> you know. And um, that Friday when I had woke, awoken that dawning, um, you know, my stomach was kind of hemmed up. And, uh, you know, I tried to push through it, but it was not happening. That was probably the worst, and it still is, because I'm still in pain, but that was probably the worst stomach virus I've ever had in my life. You know, um, I almost put the chrome to my head. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what happened uh, Friday. Uh, that's why I had to rush off the show, because I was actually really, really sick, really bad. Um and like I said, um, I was disrespectful, you know, because I do rituals and I do work for Alafia for good health. 
um, pretty much consistently. And, you know, and I, and I stay in, in very good health. I don't really get sick or anything like that. Maybe like once every couple of years, if I do something stupid, you know, usually just me doing something dumb, overexerting myself or not eating properly or something. But if I don't do any of that, I, I pretty much never get sick. So to be in a situation like that, I pushed it, you know, way beyond what I should, you know, and that was egoic of me to do something like that. And I want to thank everyone who did rituals because I felt the difference because um, there was at one point where I just kind of, <laughs> you know, I couldn't do anything but just kind of roll up in the fetal position. And uh, and then, you know, the phone calls were coming in and the emails and you okay, Baba? And I couldn't even look at the phone. I was in so much pain. But then it kind of started to subside a little bit and I could at least walk. So, you know, I thank you all you know, who stepped up and, and, and helped me out. I really, really, really do appreciate it because, um, you know, it makes the difference and it made the difference. So thank you. You know, and I just wanted to explain, I know I didn't give any explanations. So I didn't, you know, I know people were probably thinking the worst or whatever, but, um, like I said, I didn't want to be vomiting on the air and completely, you know, disgust everyone in that way. So I, I had to hurry up and I was trying to hurry up and mute everything because I didn't want to think that I ended the show and then run to the bathroom and be vomiting in it. But the mic and everything is still on. <laughs> so I, I was trying to hurry up and hang up the phones and stuff on YouTube and everything. Cause then that would really be <laughs> the talk of the town, you know? So yeah, give thanks. I'm moving a little slow today. All right. So I ask you all just to bear with me. Um, I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent and, uh, still, still a little woozy. Uh, so just bear with me. I'm going to get the information out, but I may just get it out a little slower <laughs> than I usually do. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't crying anything. It wasn't anything emotional. It just sounded like it. Cause I was trying to hold, you know, hold that stuff back before the fury came. <laughs> you know, I didn't want you all to have to, uh, be, be, be subjected. To that, you know, and thank you all who, you know, um, especially you, Sister Keisha. I don't think she's on yet, but, you know, uh, she she uh, checked in and gave some health advice and stuff like that. So um, thank you all, you know, for looking out for the old man. <laughs> you know, it, it happens. But like I said, it was a product of my own disrespect. And th I thought about the sacred odu of Otu upon Meiji. And Otu upon Meiji is that that Odu of those who have a lot of physicality where we identify with the body very heavily. And people who come through that Odu passageway, they tend to abuse themselves or allow themselves to be abused because they have such uh, high levels of physical endurance. And that has been a, um, a sickness of mine that I, I have to really uh, work on and uh yeah, I give you some a little Arisha instruction here. Um <laughs> that's a sickness that I have. I I don't know if anyone's picked up on it, but I'm a bit of a workaholic. And the only ones who can really get me to stop are Oshun women. Oshun men too, actually. Oshun men can get me out of that. You know, I got some Oshun brothers I know and they'll, yo, let's let's go to the cigar bar. Let's go, you know, they having this wine tasting thing I don't care nothing about that. <laughs> but there's there's something about that energy of that Oshun vibration that can pull me out of work mode, 
you know, um, very much like the stories. You think um, Oshun's could down there make me lazy, <laughs> you know. But uh, if that balance isn't around to cool off my my consistent fire, then um, I run the risk of of burning myself thin, burning myself thin, and that's that's really what happened. Um, yes, I have had that kind of tea, Sister Sasha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, I wasn't even able to really to do tea. I, I used tea just to try to keep my system lubricated so I could, you know, I'm trying not to be nasty, but, you know, trying to keep my system lubricated to get things back through. Um, and it was only coming out one way the mouth, you know, I would have, I would have welcomed it <laughs> the other way, but yeah, uh, it was only coming out to do, you know, the nausea, so yeah, I had uh, some of the Cerasea tea, and I had some Echinacea tea. I had some Golden Seal on tap. I had some activated charcoal that I was taking in. You know, when I was able to take things in, you know, and I mashed that up with some um, mango slices because the mango is real good. That the level of acidity in it when you're having those type of stomach issues. I couldn't do the pineapple until today because I couldn't have that much acid. And but um, I'm doing a little bit of the pineapple now just to kind of keep keep things cool. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, I kind of I fortify, but it was one of those situations. I just had to go through it. You know, the herbs wasn't really because everything was coming back up anyway. So, you know, just had to sit there and say, now nah, look what you did. <laughs> look what you did, dummy. <laughs> you know, it was one of those situations, you know, Um yeah, it is. It is what it is. But, you know, like I said, thank you all. You know, yeah, I did have some coconut water, Sister Allison. Actually, I was taking sips of the coconut water because, you know, that helps to clean out parasites. And I guess I'm telling everybody what I did in case you ever have that problem. Um, I also took some papaya and um, mashed the seeds up in my mortal and pestle. And I ate those as well because papaya seeds are uh, really good for cleaning out the intestinal tract. And um, I also did some, um, uh, I had some pomegranate. Pomegranate was kind of old. I had an old pomegranate, but I don't know. They never seemed to go bad, but I had a pomegranate. I know this is bad, but I had it in my refrigerator for about two months, two, three months. But I I cut that sucker in half and it looked, it looked fine on the inside. (laughs) So um, I chewed up some of those pomegranate seeds as well. You know, pomegranate is real good for cleaning out those type of infections like that. And um yeah, that that's slowly, slowly, little little by little is getting me getting me back on top. So if any of you have ever have an issue like that, you know, you can utilize any of those solutions to kinda um, you know, to get yourself right again. But like I said, yeah, I wasn't crying or anything. I just um man, it was a bad time. <laughs> it was a bad, bad time, you know. So um, yeah, we'll get into it. But you know, just as a note, you know, that's not what I sound like when I cry. You all should know that. That's not what I sound like when I cry. I sound like this. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh,
All right? That's what I sound like when I cry. <laughs> now, let's get back into it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, we've been talking about spiritual authority. All right? And... um I think it's been it's been a good couple of sessions that we had that we've had lately, you know, dealing with this subject. You know, uh I can only hope that you've been enjoying it like I have, you know, cuz it's like I like I said when I started it off, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Brother Shaka said he spit out his lunch break. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Well, that's what I sound like when I cry. But anyway, let me get some of this pineapple juice, man. Even me out. Ah. There we go. Yeah, man. You know. So, yeah, Omar says, LOL, you know us men crumple up. And act like we about to die and the world is ending. <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt like. You know, it's like that too when you don't normally get sick. You don't know how to handle it when it happens. You know, I got all the cures for everybody else because I'm I'm the medicine man. Everybody knows that. But um, you know, I just I've never really built up a tolerance to being sick like that. You know, because it doesn't happen often enough. But no, it was serious, man. I have a high tolerance for pain. That joint was serious, man. I I was ready to go. <laughs> I was like, you could just kill me now. This needs to stop. I've lived a full life. I'm done. Just kill me. I, I, you know, I can't. And at one point I said that, I said, yo, I was talking to my Egoon. I said, I can't take anymore. You got to stop this. You have to stop this. This, You know, I couldn't breathe. My heart rate was so high from the pain. I couldn't even breathe. So nah, come on. And I ain't going to a hospital. You know that. So either kill me now or quit the pain because I got things to do. So anyway, um, we've been talking about um, uh, now everybody making fun of my pomegranate. Right, whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I'm an old food eater, you know. So, yeah, you know, the thing is, hold on a second, let me, one second. Yeah, sorry about that. So, you know, as I warned you all before we started this month's segments, is that the t- title itself is pretty boring. <laughs> Spiritual authority, whoop-de-doo, right? Almost sounds like I'm about to do a sermon in church, you know, walking in the authority of the Lord. But it's such a deep thing, I'm telling you, you know, because it's like your like activator, you know, um, in terms of the work that we do. So often, and I was kind of speaking about this Friday, and I don't remember everything I was talking about Friday, to be honest with you. I was in a bit of a daze. Even when I was talking, you know, um, yeah, I didn't really understand. <laughs> I, you know, I was I was just kind of talking in the, yeah, in the fog a little bit. 
but um <laughs> pomegranate was born in 88 <laughs> but uh yeah so the, the the overall subject and the idea you know uh of it why it's so critical is because a simple way simple reason look at it like this right um you may have three or four cars in your driveway right Let's say it was you, your mate, and you have you know, two, three children or whatever. And you got three or four cars in your driveway, right? Some people have the authority to start them cars up and move them, and some people don't. Plain and simple, right? So the power is actually there, but not everyone has the access to tap into that power. Now, a lot of times when we're doing spiritual work, or we're, we're involved in a spiritual community, we don't realize that there's been a certain level of ashe or power or authority. Because remember, when you're dealing with ashe, you're not just dealing with power. You know, a lot of times the definitions there are a little confused when you talk about ashe. And people will say, oh, I've heard people say it just means um, the same thing as amen. You know, it's the same thing, ashe. And, and that's not correct, per se. Um, you know, primarily you're dealing with authority that comes through lineage when you're dealing with Ashe because Ashe references you to menstrual blood. Okay. So it's speaking about that, that root or that source lineage, lineage demarcated through the woman. So you, you're handed down that level of, of power through the feminine presence and you're handed down your authority through the masculine presence. Right? So what's so significant Peace, to Georgina, by the way, from the Netherlands. <laughs> um, what's so significant? Oh, and let me give any on the calling number. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm still in a little bit of a fog. 515-605-9862 if you want to call in, speak, or just um, listen in that way if it's more convenient for you. And, you know, during my sojourn and through the, through the, uh, the halls of pain, I decided I might cut off that blog talk number a little sooner. I I figured I would do it in the solstice, the summer solstice, because I usually time most things I do by either the equinox or the solstice. But uh, you know, when you're going through those moments like that, you 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 become very focused. And I was like, I might as well just kill the blog talk now. You know, put that money I'm spending every month there to somewhere else. You know. So um, anyway. Because I was thinking about doing another app, actually, just for Sedulu House itself. So I was like, yeah, put that money to an app, you know. But anyway, so the idea, again, let's go back to the authority piece, what's handed down to you through that power and through that authority. A lot of times we don't realize that the things that we're waiting on for an unseen force to do for us have already been commissioned for us to do ourselves because Oludumari negated a part of itself in order to create us. So once it negated a part of itself, it deposited a portion of its authority within us. So a lot of times we're looking and we're saying, okay, you know, and I I see this so often in the work I do, people want mates or they want jobs. They want all of these different things. And then I'll say, well, what have you done to make those things happen? Nothing, you know, and it becomes very confusing uh, for them, because it, a lot of times they don't understand that the way this works, and when I say this works and speaking spirituality and things like that, is that you have to deposit some form of um, initiator first 
you know, before you can make something happen, because that initiator becomes your deposit of authority. You know, so say, for instance, um, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I want to meet. I'm tired of being alone. I say, "Okay, well, have you gone out to meet anybody? You know, have you gone to any events or something where people are that, you know, that are into the same things that you're into where you can meet? No, I pretty much just stay in the house. I don't. But I've been doing Oshun rituals. So now you you want Oshun to do something that you have already been given the authority to do yourself. You see, and it, and it creates a supreme confusion because a lot of times um, we're unwilling to move. We don't understand some of the process and some of the reason why we got a portion of Oludumare when we came to the planet. You know, what was the necessity in that? What was the reasoning behind that? Because there were certain things that we were told to come here and do ourselves. And we're still waiting for some heavenly force to do it for us. You see? So when you're looking at authority, you're not just looking at the ability or the right or the gumption to stare and move and wield power. You're looking at the right and the gumption to do things for yourself, to say this is what it's going to be and it's not going to be that. You know, um, I spoke about this like here and there before, but I, I saw someone brought back to life more than one time, but the first time was actually in a Christian church. And um, long story short, one of the deacons, his wife had a, a stroke right there on the spot. She was gone in the middle of service. And um, he stood her up on the wall, you know, and it, it just looked, the whole thing just looked crazy, you know, and everybody was crying and stuff and all that, you know, they had called the ambulance and he stood her up on the wall dead, lifeless body and would not accept that she was dying. Said, no, uh-uh, no. And he was saying, in the name of Jesus, you are healed, you will rise, da-da-da. You know, he's just going going off, going off, going off. And he's saying, come back, come back, come back. And don't you know this woman came back to life? Now, I know you're probably saying, oh, she just passed out. She was just unconscious. She was just da 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 I know, I know. Because it sounds unbelievable. That's why... You, I don't really talk about it. It's probably the first time I've ever even mentioned it on the end. I've been on the show for six years now. I've seen a lot of things that would shock you, you know, but I don't always speak about those things because then it's like, you know, it becomes about the shock value. But what that always did for me, that, that moment when I saw that, and I saw some other things too, you know, it spoke to me about the innate power and the innate authority that we all have that sometimes we skip over or we regulate to someone else who doesn't have any authority to willpower, which I spoke about last time. You see, so even in that environment, we may say, but he wasn't conscious. He was a Christian. He was just that and that, you know, all the different things we like to say to keep ourselves ignorant. Um, the bottom line is we all come into the planet, onto the planet and into the world with a certain degree of, of authority. And a certain degree of power as a result, regardless of what our investment is, those gifts come without repentance. You know, so one doesn't repentance means to just go back on your way of thinking. You don't necessarily have to go back on your way of thinking and say, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to commit myself to an African paradigm and now I'm going to have my gift. You could have your gift without that, you know, and how you use it is up to you, how you choose to use it, you know. 
Um, you look at so many artists out today, musical artists, they have gifts. You know, they have the ability to say things and get people to listen to them and follow them and so forth and so on. But they may not necessarily use it for the right reasons. But the gift is there. You can't deny the gift is there. You see? So it's the same thing that we're dealing with here. You know? And again, I know that's that's a thumbs down trigger. <laughs> I know it's a thumbs down trigger. I need a little bit more of that pineapple. But um, so, yeah, there is certain power and authority that we already come to the planet with. And a lot of times we end up giving it away, you know, whether it be through our laziness or through just our, our unawareness, we give it away. You know, like I spoke about earlier, those with our souls don't have that lineage connection, don't have the ability to author power. Authority comes from the word author. They don't have the ability to write those scripts. So what they have to do is try to trick you into allowing you to or move you out the way so that they can they can wield your power. And I spoke about that show before the last and I know, you know, or last show, excuse me. I know that's kind of a difficult concept to think about for some because it's it has such such far reaching implications. And, you know, for a lot of us, when we first come into our awakening, uh, is that anger because it's, it, we realize how many things have been done to us that have been done consistently for so long. And I mean, I've seen people break down and cry, you know, like in study groups, you know, people came for the first time and, you know, like somebody brought a friend and then we start talking about some things. I've seen people literally, I'm talking, I'm just talking about women. I've seen grown men just break down and cry. You know, you mean to tell me all this time, this and that and that and that and that? When you start connecting the dots and realizing like, yeah, man, you were you were getting, you know, run run through through the washer all this time. You know? And and it's it's heartbreaking to think that someone would be so sinister. But this is the way of the world as it as it as it pertains, to, you know, as it is today. So um, you know, the the, the ultimate idea that with that we're talking about here when we're dealing with authority like and I'll give again the example of the elder and I call him an elder Christian or not it's an elder you gotta always remember I know in our arrogance of consciousness we feel like <laughs> we're just better than everybody else <laughs> uh, I'm just laughing because it's such a, a trite idea but that elder said, I am authoring and scripting what this is going to be. It doesn't matter what the symptoms and the signs are. I am authoring what it's going to be. Y'all all could be over there crying and screaming and, you know, this woman just, just died. No, I'm telling you what it's going to be. He stood her up on the wall and it looked brutal. Honestly, it looked like he was abusing her. It looked brutal. You know, he picked her up and held on the wall. He said, get up, get up. You know, uh, I think he might have smacked it one time, <laughs> you know, this dead body. But um, he was authoring what it was going to be. You see, he wasn't. No, nah, my wife isn't dying like this. Maybe I've already seen our death. This ain't it. Now, y'all don't know that because y'all haven't seen you haven't witnessed the authoring. But this is not how we're going to go out, you know. So um, 
a lot of times we, we get so locked into the symptoms. We get so locked into the after effects of what we've seen in terms of of this life and in terms of this world. And we begin to author based on the effects. It's kind of like the old saying, this art imitate life or life imitate art. It kind of goes hand in hand sometimes, you know, in, in that sense. But um, when you get to that place where you can say, regardless of what I'm seeing, regardless of what I'm experiencing, um, this is what I'm holding on to based on the seed or based on the initiator, initiator that I've planted and the authority that I know that I have. So again, you know, you're dealing with someone who may um, want to mate, I say go back to that, may want a job or whatever. I got people coming to me all the time. I need more money. Okay, well, what do you do? I work part-time at such and such. Why don't you work full-time? Honestly, I'm just tired of working for people. I don't work for people. Okay, cool. So what kind of business do you want to get started? I don't know. All right, so what are we talking about here? Why are you wasting my time? What, what what do you really want? You know, <laughs> there has to be some form of a, of a seed implanted first because that's your authority depositing. You see, so if you say, well, listen, man, I'm trying to, I'm making t-shirts or I'm making hats, you know, or I crochet, you know, I make tank crochet tank tops and pants or or whatever it is, I got some kind of thing that I'm doing. That's your seed. You see, where your authority is deposited. And then we work from the point of your authority, as opposed to people always looking to say, well, through through um, objecting my role, objecting my, my authority, I'm going to give this to someone else. I'm going to give this to another energy. I'm going to give this to another spirit to do. It doesn't work in that way. You know, UK, you're on the air. Hey, Carl, Chief, you, yeah? Hey, hey Carl, how, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right, Chief. I'm uh, good. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're doing better than what you were on Friday. Give thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, give thanks. <laughs> um, Chief, you, yeah, I wanted to um, speak about something, if I may. Mm-hmm. And I believe it is related to the sub- to, I believe it is related to the subject of the month. Okay. Um, I'm a man that normally I normally um, I normally dream more so than um, get visions, chief. And um, on Thursday night, as I was laying down, um, I received um, a very strong message, and it was to say that we need to deal with what is behind the veil before we can develop spiritually. And Mm -hmm. so I was thinking about that. And um, I was thinking about dealing behind the veil, dealing with the depths of our psyche um, um, related to Ole Kun. But also Mm -hmm. I was thinking of um, linking it to developing, learning, developing spiritually sometimes we are very keen to learn about Eurasia, to learn about Aragon, to learn about different spiritual pathways, but yet we don't deal with our core issues which are blocking our spiritual progress by their presence. Sure. And so this is just really what I wanted to share um, with you today because, I, I was, as I say, I'm a man, I don't normally get visions and so forth when in my waking state. I get my messages in my sleep, and this one was very... Very strong on Thursday evening. 
So I really mm-hmm. just wanted to share that, Chief. Oh, give thanks, man. Give thanks. You know, I'm, I'm okay. all about dealing with dealing with the mind, man. So I totally agree with that. Okay, Chief. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, brother. So um, thank you. No problem. It's a pleasure. And um, have a good day. And we're going to continue to listen here. Okay, beautiful. Give thanks. Okay. Okay. So, Brother Byron talked about going beyond the veil, and he's so right in that. You know, um, you know, Caribbean people—it's always the dreams. I tell you that all the time. You know, people from the islands—that's the gift, especially Jamaican islands, where his his family runs from. You know. Um, and Jamaicans are just Nigerians, the same people, same DNA, you know, but they dream, boy, they dream like you wouldn't imagine, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, with, with that, with that idea of going beyond the veil, it's, it, it hits so many different things because there's different forms of the veil too. And most, most times when you completely tear the veil. So that's really what you want to do. If you look at most mythology or stories and stuff, you, you, know, you don't you don't just walk through the veil. You got to rip it. So that takes you to that Oya piece. Oya, her name's me. She tore it. You know, but there's a tearing of the veil. You know, meaning that the wall that was there, or, or more more so importantly, um, what stood there before, you can't go back on. You know, so it's a very it's a very revolutionary act. You know, to go through the veil or to tear the veil. It's revolutionary because you can't go by. You know, a revolutionary act is an act where um, you do something and you can't you can't take it back. Okay, you cross a bridge and you burn the bridge behind you. That's revolution. You know, uh, anything outside of that is, is not so much that. I know it may feel like it or people may call it that, but it's not that. You know, so when you tear that veil, you sacrifice the fullness of what you currently are in order to be something else in a glorified form, you know? And <laughs> that's actually what I was thinking about this dawning. It's so funny. Not funny. I shouldn't say that. Interesting or beautiful. Let me use that word. Beautifully awesome that the brother would call in and share that piece. Because this dawning I was thinking about, just this very, this very fact, and I was saying, you know, so often, despite what people are taught, they're still locked into tradition and it's, they're locked into the historical patterns and they refuse to do better despite what you teach them or what you show them. And um, a lot of the work that I do is, is not so much about studying to try to figure out new things to teach you all, because I, I don't have to study anymore at this point to teach. I study for me at this point. You know, for, so I can continue to grow and learn. And, you know, like I said, I'm a student, so I'm still trying to figure things. There's still stuff I'm trying to figure out, you know. So I study more so for me. The things that I study, y'all wouldn't even be interested in. <laughs> in all honesty, you'd probably find completely boring. But um, so sometimes I think about that. That's a point of contention. Like, how do I deliver this? How do I deliver that? How do I finally get them out of this? The sleep, the slumber, you know, because um, that sleep and slumber, that's what can kill you as a teacher. 
you know, if anyone has ever taught or worked in a school, anything, and, and have to work with a lot of rebellious and obstinate students, think about how tired you were at the end of the day. You know, you could have been lifting bricks all day in a construction yard and have more energy at the end of the day than dealing with a bunch of hard-headed students. You know, um, it just takes everything out of you. So you figure out ways to conserve yourself and ways to still get the message across and things like that. Sometimes maybe being a little outrageous. You know, you try different things to try to break the, the lock and the hold of those patterns. You know, um, I was witnessing one of my youth having a, a debate yesterday. Well, helping him, really. You know, uh, with this young girl, she's a Christian. And they always get, you know, that's how it is. You know, they probably going to end up. You know, I'm going to have to chase them out the yard or something off the back steps one day. Probably going to end up messing around. But um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, Christian thing, her pops, I think her pops might be a Hebrew Israelite. I think. I got to meet him. But, you know, because she comes with a little different angle, but she doesn't know anything she's talking about. I didn't actually realize how simple she was until yesterday because the stuff she was saying, it was all emotional. And he's showing his, he's texting her. Uh, or no, they wasn't on. They was on some type of platform. It was like a party line. So it was a, them and a bunch of their friends. And um, he's sending these pictures of 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 um of Orset and Haru. And he's saying, "Listen, this is before your Jesus and Christ. Can you explain this?" And boom, 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 boom. And she's like, "Listen, that's your opinion." And I said, "Wait a minute. She just called the name your opinion." I said, "Yo, son, just stop talking. Stop. Just just leave it alone." You know, he was like, no, Bob was so frustrated. Though. I was like, all right, all right. You know, so then um, he just asked him very simple questions. I said, well, ask her this. I said, do this, do this. I said, just ask questions. Don't don't make accusations. I said, ask her how was it that Moses, you know, he wrote the first five books of the Bible. I said, so ask her how was it in the book of Deuteronomy, he wrote his own obituary. You know, see what she has to say about that. And then he, he asked her that and she said, you know, well... Um, he had a direct connection with God, so he knew when he was going to die. And I said, okay. I said, I said anything you're going to say, she's going to come back with something that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So you got to learn when to just pull back, man. So at, at one point, you know, he just kind of pulled back and was like, okay, all right. You know, so as a teacher, even myself, sometimes I see those those same behaviors in some of you all. You know, some of the, 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 the fear that you have, the trepidation, you know, when it comes to walking out on your authority and say, no, nah, F this, this is what it's going to be. Because I have that that deposited, that authority deposited in me. I can call those shots. You know, I remember one time I was with one of my instructors. We were in um, my yard getting ready to do some work. And there was a groundhog. Matter of fact, I saw him the other day. I didn't got some rid of so many of those things, man. My, my yard is a groundhog magnet. So there was a groundhog and I was like annoyed. I said, man, I'm going to sacrifice that sucker. And um, he was like, no, no, you can't do that. You know, da, da, da. and I was like, why not? And he was like, well, you got to make sure it's it's cool with, with Orumila. And I said, well, Orumila's in me, you know, so yeah, I think it's cool. And he was like, no, no, Haru, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, this is many, many years ago. But, you know, I'm I'm always, like I told you, when it comes to me and my instructors, I'm like the old martial arts films, man. I'm very, very humble and loyal. So it's like, yes, master. Yes, master. I'm, I'm one of them, believe it or not. 
because I, again, I appreciate people taking out the time to teach me, you know, so even to this day, you know, I appreciate it, man. You know, people don't have to do that. Not spending time doing that, man. So I humble myself and I'm just thankful, you know, so I was like, okay, okay. But, um, I still didn't feel like I was wrong and I never did. It never caught up to me where I felt like I was wrong in that. <laughs> you know, because I still felt like, wait a minute, well, we, you know, we doing chickens and we doing this. Because then he said something later, which made me like, nah, I'm right. He said, well, you know, it's like sacrificing a deer. I said, you got sacrifice a deer. You know, I, be, I told him, I was like, I kill anything. And he said, yeah, but you shouldn't really, you know, do elbows with deers. I was like, why not? And he said, because, you know, they're like gentle and cute. I was like, wait a minute. Now, you know, now you're being subjective. So a chicken is, I mean, you could, chickens are fun to play with. You know, um, we also do Aja, Aja's dogs. You know, we do elbows with dogs. I was like, dogs are, are pets. What about pigeons? We do pigeons all the time too. Pigeons are, are, are cute and doves. So it's okay to do a dove, but not okay to do a deer. So when I started to see that level of subjectivity, I was like, all right, you know, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> and then when you get to that level, if you want to do an ebo with a skunk or a groundhog or whatever, you do what you need to do. You know, um, my thing is, though, don't do an ebo with anything you wouldn't eat. Just keep that in mind. You know, I'm not a meat eater, but if I kill it, I'll eat it. I know that sounds contradictory, right? I know. But that's where I'm at with it. I'll eat meat if I kill it. If I don't kill it, I don't, I don't, I'm not really feeling it too much, <laughs> you know, but, um, so yeah, it's, that's a form of that authority, you know, and a lot of times we don't realize how much authority we, we really have, you know, and we have authority to screw up our lives. We're allowed to totally mess our lives up, but some of us are so scared to do that, you know, um, without realizing that we came here deposited in a certain measure of Ashe was deposited with us. You know, anytime you're doing work with that shoe, that shoe is, is strengthening your nervous system. Well, why does your nervous system need to be strengthened by a shoe so you can receive more Ashe? Well, what is Ashe? Power and spiritual authority. You see? Now, keep in mind that really I should just say more so spiritual authority because you're, you're, you're being given the authority by a shoe to will more power. Okay, so it's not just that you're becoming more powerful, you be given you're given more authority, you know. Um, so it's very similar to let's say like um like I spoke earlier about when I first got on, I gave the car example and I said, Well, you know, you may have a car in the driveway, but you don't have the authority or the right to actually drive it. But the power is there, the power of the car is there. But let's say if you have a car and then you have a, a dump truck. The dump truck is, of course, stronger, more powerful than the passenger car. And but you may not have the strength, you know, or or the fortitude to power the dump truck. So you do certain elbows, a certain work in order to build yourself up, in order to withstand the, the flowing of the power to the dump truck. Because essentially, when you're working with the flow of power, it's just flowing through you. You know, it's not that you're you're the source of power. You're not. It just flows through you. You know, so. I see so much so often um, in this life where people are waiting for something else to do something for them that Olodumare has already given you the authority to do. 
I can't tell you how often I see that. And then you have individuals who build whole systems off of keeping that information from you. Let me get some more of this pineapple juice. Give me a second. It's weird. That's the other thing. Like I said, I, I won't eat meat that I don't kill. I have trouble drinking juice that I didn't juice. <laughs> like I can't just drink pineapple juice. It's too acidic and it's too much sugar. I'll go crazy. But if I juice it, then I can then I can drink it. You know, or blend it. That's what I really did. I blended that. You know. But um so like I was saying we were given the authority to do certain things. But because we're still looking in the sky, we're still we're still praying and wishing and hoping. We're waiting for something to come and do what we were already commissioned to do. See, that's the sickness. That's the sickness that I'm talking about. And sometimes this, this is one of those subjects where this is a point of contention as a teacher. This is one of those subjects where no matter how much I teach, I mean, I could I could teach up a storm. You know, I could teach myself into a fury, into a hurricane. This is one of those areas that no matter how hard I teach, it seems to always come back to people falling into the state of relinquishing their power. No matter how much. And it's one of those things you sit back and just scratch your head and say, how can I get them to get up off their behinds? You know, and, and realize that working with these energies and whatnot is not a way now for them to to further move themselves from the responsibility of action. It's not about that. Working with these energies and whatnot is just a way for them to gain more keys of access. You see, so when you work with Chang'o, you work with Yimoja, you work with Oshun, you work with any of them, you're learning their keys. That's why you become the Awo. You learn the mystery. You see? It's not just that um, now you have the power of, of Shango and you know, Shango will go do things for you. It's so that you have the keys and the principles of Arisha Oko. You have the keys and, and, and the principles of, of Oba or the keys and the principles of Osayin, you see, which now gives you the authority to utilize that particular force yourself. And this is a tricky one because this is when, see, certain subjects you learn as an instructor you're fighting against programming. You can see it. You know, you start talking about certain things and people just kind of dial out. You know, and you could tell, okay, this is, you know, and, and you almost have to use it as like a tester sometimes and you realize, okay, cool. That, you know, you mark, you almost like, you almost document, okay, these are the areas. Okay, boom, got that one. You know, and then you keep going, keep going. Like, easy one like this. Everyone's having so much trouble in the States. Everyone hates the president. This, that, 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 and the third. Um, why don't we just leave? Then the dialogues happen. Well, because my family is here, but you just told me you can't stand your family. You told me that your family never respected you. And, uh, yeah, but I want to be close to my mother. You told me your mother doesn't even call you. <laughs> and since you became conscious, told you to get out the house. Yeah, but I got my job. I'm a... You told me you hate your job. <laughs> You know, sometimes the things are so simple, but we won't take the person authority that we have to see ourselves as, as for one, global citizens or, or to see ourselves as, as global authorities. We won't we, we won't have the gumption or to take the onus on ourselves to do those things, you see. And you'd be surprised at the world 
that you're holding yourself back from. When you don't when you don't step up into your divine right, you'd be surprised. It's just like I was speaking earlier. Sometimes when people ask me questions about relationships and they say, well, can we do this? Can we do that? You mean, can you? You know, matter of fact, there's a question out there now. I don't remember where it came from. Like I said, I've been kind of blurry past couple of days, but a sister had asked a question surrounding her mentors and, um, I'd have to go back into the comments to find it. But she asked a question about her menses and basically what kind of work she could do during the menses. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sister Michelle may have answered it. I think it was a comment that the sister left um, on one of the videos. And I wasn't going to answer it at first because many of you probably already know that um I purposely stay away from a lot of mentors talk or just talks that, that surround women's issues. Um, not necessarily because I don't, I don't know about them, but this is how sometimes you sisters end up being sick and don't realizing it. And you got guys who are so unimpressed with being men. And they're so fascinated with, with the, the idea, the possibility of presenting themselves as females that um, they stay in women's land all the time. You know, they're telling you more about your menses and, you know, about how you should get pregnant and shouldn't get pregnant and what you're supposed to wear and what you're supposed to do with your body. And, you know, um, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, and, and like I said earlier, sometimes uh, we got to realize that getting certain things from the wrong source is actually more detrimental than just getting the information. We may look at it like, well, I just want the information, but it's not, it's not that simple. There's a way that, just like there's a way that power is delineated, there's a way that information is supposed to be delineated. And there's certain things that, you know, like I never, I never showed any of my daughters how to um, wear maxi pads. I've, you know, I've never done that. Uh, in fact, I've never even seen any of my daughter's maxi pads or boxes of them, anything like that. We don't do that. And um, my daughters have not seen any of my youths, my, my, my boys condoms or anything like that. You know, um, there's a mystique and that's where we talk about the veil too. There's a veil and a mystique of masculinity and femininity that sometimes we cross too much with create sickness, you know, um, the mystique of womanhood needs to stay the mystique of womanhood. You know, I don't need to know how much you pay for your shoes. Just put them on and look good in them. I don't need to know that you have to take the dress back three times and all that. Just, you know, set the dress up in a way that when I grab your booty, everything stays in place and you ain't fixing your, your shoulder strap and all that. That's all I really care about. Maintain the mystique, you know, and I'm not going to tell you before we went out that night that I was doing, you know, 500 push-ups, and you you holding my arm and like, ooh, you've been working out. No, I ain't been working out. Come on, <laughs> you don't need to know all that. Just know that, yeah, this arm feel big. Mm -hmm. Maintain maintain the mystique. You see, a lot of times we lose value for one another because we're crossing the, the lines of mystique a little bit too much. You know, um, so you know. When I hear those, can I, can we, questions a lot of times, I have to tell you, a lot of y'all are missing the point. 
you know, you're missing the point. It's not so much about can you and can I. Now, of course, there's cosmic morality. Don't get me wrong. And there's a cause and effect to things. But you came down here to experience the cause and effect, not to run away from it. You know, like when I was like, yo, I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice this groundhog. You know, um, and he was like, no, you shouldn't do that. Well, what's going to happen? I messed myself up. Okay, well, let's let's see how. I'm already messed up. <laughs> I'm living in America. You know? So let's just see. What, you know, somebody's got to be the pioneer. Somebody's got to be the frontiers person. You know, somebody. So, you know, I, I'm just saying in that sense, man, um, a lot of times we, we abdicate our value of... Um, of authority by always looking for the rules. And especially when it comes into our indigenous spirituality, um, a lot of that comes again from religious programming. Excuse me one second, a little bit more of this. And I warned you all, I'll be moving a little bit slower today. So thank you for riding with me. I know I'm, I'm taking, I'm talking slow and everything. Um, I see brother Shaga says Perhaps this is why women like men Who don't talk too much The mystique mm, Who knows <laughs> What you could, we could do is ask the sisters Why they like men who don't talk too much Some women like it Because they like to talk a lot <laughs> It's like you hear some women who say Well I don't like guys who look too good Because you know I ain't going to be sharing the mirror with them <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's all kind of kind of reasons for that. But yeah, you probably write them steep. Like they say, the strong, silent type. You know, but I like women who don't talk too much. You know, so how does how does that how does that go? <laughs> you know, yeah. But I think yeah, the mystique is is important, man. And a lot of us have lost that celebration um, for the masculine, and a lot of us have lost that celebration for the feminine, which is so sad. Like I spoke about recently when we look at the alpha model and a lot of times I've heard women so often say I'm an alpha. And then when I ask them why they describe masculinity, that doesn't make you an alpha. It makes you a fake male. You know, I say, well, I'm a leader. I'm a this, I'm a that. No, that's not an alpha. You know, that's not an alpha female. Let's put it that way. And it's because sometimes that femininity is not celebrated, you know, so we don't, we don't know what it, what it is to see a woman in her full blossom. Often we don't know what it is to see a man in his full blossom. So we, we end up somewhere around the middle in this really distorted unisexual perspective, you know, and either way, whoever's the boss becomes the alpha. And that's completely off. I'll give you a little small example. If I go into a space, the loudest chick who seems like the leader in that space or whatever who's dominating the other females is completely unattractive to me. Most times, you know, most times that's not the one I'm going to be attracted to. She wouldn't be the alpha to me in that space just because she can dominate other females. And she seems like the leader. The chances are that someone's going to be a headache anyway. You know, I might look at the quiet, demure one. I might look at the one who seems to have more decorum, who's who might be soft-spoken. You know, that may be the one that I may consider to be the alpha because I can do more with her than someone who I got to argue with every day because she's used to being the boss. You know, um, 
And I know people will take that when women will take that and say, see, you want somebody you can walk all over. Well, if that's what you picked up, go ahead with it. <laughs> At some point, you learn to use your authority to save yourself from dumb arguments, too. I've learned that over the years, too. If you didn't understand what I just said, then it ain't for you. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's different things that we all require and we all look for depending on what it is that we're we're attempting to do. But like I said, a lot of times we define that alpha presence as something completely other than what it truly is. You know, like I said before, the alpha serves the greatest purpose within a community paradigm. So if you have a community that's built around technology, the nerds are going to be the alphas. You know, I don't care how tough you are and how much of a wolf and a beast you are. If the, the, the person who brings the greatest um, cultivation and gifts of technology is going to be the alpha in that environment. You know, if you have a community that's built around craftsmanship or maybe beating or blanket making, if you have a woman who excels at that, she's going to be the alpha in that environment because she's going to bring back the most resources to that community. She may not be the loud one. She may not have grown up with brothers and uncles all her life and had to fight all her life. And she may not, she may not have that story. She may just be real good at making blankets and beads. You see, so she becomes the alpha. So it's, you know, it's determined by your, your community context. And um, that becomes key in that sense. But, you know, let's, let's go back to authority for a minute. One of the key things that I, I just want you all to really see and to really pick up on when we're speaking about the value of walking in authority or spiritual authority, um, the first thing to recognize is that you come with authority. That's why so often if you read some of the Patakis and our sacred Odu, it will give you, you know, you'll, you'll read a story and then it will tell you at the end that a certain Ebo was prescribed. And sometimes you see the person who came to the, the uh, Babalao for consultation did not heed the advice of the Babalao. Because that is their choice that they have to live out the consequences of what it is that they feel like doing, you see. So um, there's an authority that speaks that we do have the authority to ruin our lives if we so choose or the authorities to push our destiny and to, to change our destiny or, not, or our destination from what it was previously outlined to be. And a lot of times we lose our, our value of being able to really step into our authority because we spend more time complaining and whining then we do actually speaking to the promises of what we planted earlier. You see, so, or sometimes we spend a lot of times around complaining and whining people. I see that also with a lot of my students, you know, um, they don't know the value of, of celebratory activity. Okay. So for instance, you notice a lot of times if you travel to the astral realms, for any of you who do a, a degree of astral traveling, you find a lot of celebration. You don't see people walking up, sitting around studying. You go to astral realms, you don't see people reading books and debating. You see people partying, you know, having sex, cookouts, um, dancing. You know, that's the images that you that you tend to see. Even if you look at ancient images, you know, from our, our pottery and our artwork and stuff, what do you normally see? Celebration. So you start to understand that there's a divine power of celebratory activities. You know, us as a people, Melanoid people, we are celebratory people. You look at even if you go to your, your Christian law, you have the line of, of the tribe of Judah, you know, which we come out of. Judah means what? Judah means praise. 
So you see the value in celebration and praise is the value of authority. Why is it the value of authority? Well, let's talk about rum for a second. We use a lot of rum in our spiritual work, right? Oh, I need more pineapple. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't do it to me, stomach. We doing good. <laughs> I got a real sexy digestive system. Real sexy. <laughs> I could eat anything. I've eaten rat. Even though they didn't tell me it was rat, I knew it was rat. I eat anything, but I can't eat dirty food. That's my Achilles heel. I can't eat anything dirty. I can't eat stuff that was made with old oil. Stuff like that, man, drives my system crazy. Can't be dirty, but I could eat anything except for pork. But, um, yeah, sexy digestion. <laughs> so let's let's go into what I'm saying for a moment here. When we look at rum, right? We use rum a lot, right? Or as we call OT, or strong drink. Um, and like I've mentioned, I think I mentioned in one of my books, rum is, is particularly for celebration, you know, which is one of the difference between rum, gin, or vodka, right? If we're using gin or vodka, we, we use that a lot of times for strength or for um, clarity. You know, I like to use gin a lot. What's that brand? Um, I'm looking for an old bottle. I got so many shrines in my house, man. I always could find a bottle or something. Surprise my youth, not alcoholics. <laughs> um, clear, clear, clear something. You know, it's like 110 proof. Clear, it'll come crystal clear, I think is the name of it. When you put it in your mouth, it like it burns your whole mouth and then it dries like in a second. It'll come to me while I'm talking. But I like using that a lot. That that works really well. Um, but rum, Everclear. Thank you, Sister Gloria. And Brother Lowe. We see we do have some Alkies in the house. <laughs> they came with it quick. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. And Brother Shaga. And Sister Michelle, y'all love drinking. Look at that. Everybody was quiet until I started talking about the liquor. And Brother Justin, here we go. Just telling on yourselves. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you know, that Everclear. So I, I like working with that a lot. Plus, you know, the other reason I like working with Everclear is because it burns the crap out of my mouth and it numbs my lips. So And it's an uncomfortable feeling. So there's a sacrifice that goes on. Whenever I use it, it's very similar to when you study about Marie Laveau and you learn about her in moments taking, um, hab- you know, habanero peppers or scotch bonnet peppers and putting them in her mouth and chewing them and then spitting out that juice. It's the pain and the sacrifice that brings clarity. Ever clear. I am divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure next retreat, I keep you all separate from each other. <laughs> but, um, it's that sacrifice. <laughs> it was very sacrificial. Mm-hmm. You know, from that pain. So I like to, to use it because it makes me uncomfortable to use Everclear. You see? And through that discomfort, I get more focused and more into the actual work. Sometimes you got to give yourself a little pain. You know, I know it, it sounds weird, but a lot of times um, when we're doing something work, I'm assuming certain work, uh, and we live in certain environments, we have to do things to get ourselves out of that mindset of that environment. Now, let's go to the rum aspect. 
So rum we primarily use for celebration. Well, why am I celebrating before I do the actual ritual or before I actually make the affirmation or speak to that particular spirit guardian? Why am I celebrating? Because it's through the praise and it's through the celebration that I strengthen and confirm and bring the proper attention to the seed that I've already founded. You see, now when you're around people, like I said earlier, who do more complaining and whining than they do celebrating, these are people who are ignoring their divine given authority. You see, they're ignoring their authority in lieu of complaint. And sometimes when we put ourselves in the midst of people like that, we begin to forget our own authority as well. Like, I remember one time I worked this job years and years ago. It was one of this, like, let me just work something real quick. You know, I always just, it was like a little side thing I was doing. And I didn't like the job very much, but um, I I needed, I was putting some money together for a moment. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this for a couple months. It was a nighttime thing. And then, you know, and I was working with a brother who I brought onto a job who prior to working that job was like a millionaire. But he messed around. A friend of mine, he's an old-time con man. And um, messed around, got caught by the feds. And it's a whole big thing. It was on CNN and everything. But, uh, you know, he was a big-time con man. So he had to start back from scratch again. So I'm like, look, man, come on, you know, we ain't doing nothing. Come work this little job, get some little money together so you can stop begging your, your woman for money every day, man. You know, considering you hate it so much. <laughs> and um, he used to sit on a job and complain every single day. Yo, man, you know how much money, me, you know. Yeah, 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 man. But you know, if you have that kind of earning potential, you'll make it again. Don't worry about it. And I and I found myself at one point falling into the trap with him. You know, and I was like, man, how much we get in an hour doing this mess? And then I kind of would say, dang, and how much can I act, actually make an hour? And I'm doing this. You know, and then I told him, I said, listen, in, in three weeks, I'm going to be out of here. I got a plan, I, you know, because I've, I've done this enough. So what I was doing was celebrating and enjoying the seed that I planted earlier. Now, what was the seed that I planted early in my life? High earning potential. I always knew that I, I, I could turn a dollar anywhere. You know, you know, that's not a problem. I know how to, I know how to make dough, you know. So I high earning potential. That's my seed. And I'm going to stay on that. <laughs> you know, whereas him, he was just building his life around complaint, which told me something. I said, yeah, you never had wealth. You was just a rich dude, but you weren't wealthy because wealthy people, even when they hit rock bottom, they usually don't stay at bottom for longer than a year. And then they come back up, you know. Rich people, you know, you might get rich for a moment. You might hit a nice little lick, you know, but you don't really have that mindset of wealth, you know, and then you, you, you develop that sense of entitlement almost in a sense like that. So I used my time to celebrate because I knew that, no, there's a bigger plan here. And there's certain seeds that I've already planted. So when we take our time and we praise and we celebrate and we dance and we sing, in the midst of what we're going through, we're essentially displaying, we're almost showing off showing off our authority. We're almost showing off our authority. 
We're almost bragging and boasting in those moments about our authority because we're letting the the conditions and symptoms know, uh uh-uh, regardless of whatever you show me in terms of of a condition, regardless of what you show me in terms of a a symptom, I already know that I'm going to come out of this thing on top, regardless of what. So I'm going to celebrate that. How am I going to celebrate it? With rum. This is why we give rum. You see? Rum has the brown sugar in it. It's sweet. But at the same time, you know, it gets you drunk and all that. But it's sweet. It's not like gin or vodka. So it has that oyen or that sweetness. You see? So the celebratory aspect of your spiritual work, believe it or not, probably accounts for 75 to 80% of the success of the actual work. 75 to 80% of the success of the actual work is your celebratory aspect. It's your ability to look at it and say, I know that this is done and I'm going to celebrate it being done because I come from a celebratory people. We always celebrate no matter what. But see, I'm celebrating my authority. Now, because you might say, well, what, how does that separate you from any praise and worship organization? Because they're celebrating something else's authority. They've already given their authority to to the lower life form or what some of you may call the devil. They've already objected their authority to the devil. You're celebrating your own authority. You're celebrating your own ability. Why wouldn't you celebrate that? If Olodumari gave you authority to make things happen, why wouldn't you be happy about that? Why wouldn't you celebrate that every single day? Oh, my goodness, you wake up and say, I can make any day what I want it to be each day. Wow. The authority that I have inside of me. Yeah, I'm going to drink me some rum. I'm going to dance. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to this, that, 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 and the third. You want to really understand that concept? And I spoke about it recently. I mentioned it. You need to look at Grecian culture. The Greeks took that on from us. and they, You know, the Greeks, they get a bad rap a lot of times. One thing I got to say about the Greeks is that, yeah, they stole. They shown up stole. Don't get me wrong now. But one thing that they did in their stealing is that they, they, they didn't pervert as much as other cultures did. Some cultures would steal whatever it is that you're doing and then change it a lot. You know, Greeks, there was a, there was a clear distinction between um, their things was. <laughs> you know, the Saturnalia and all, and all that, you know, the, the, the booty love and all that. And it was a clear distinction between that and what they took, you know, on as, in terms of the pagan tradition. And they pretty much kept it. You know, it, it, they didn't screw too much up in that sense. But you start to look at the um, the way that they moved in terms of their daily habits, the way they ate, you know, around six o'clock, seven o'clock, they relaxed, they retired. Now, yeah, some of their activities of retirement, we may say, eh, I don't want to really get into that. You know, you start looking at that with the movie Caligula. You know, you might not want to get into that type of activity. Well, then again, you might, I don't know your style. But my point is, they understood that there was a saying in Greece that only poor people work after six o'clock. So, you know, there was an ideology there that when that sun goes down, we relax, we retire. We celebrate, we enjoy life, you see? And it is, again, through that celebratory activity that we're able to say that 
we are of a divine class, even if we're not. <laughs> but we, we are of a divine class. You see, how many of us leave that out, man? In terms of, of our spiritual, yeah, you may go to a bimbe or something once in a while, but do you understand why they're dancing and singing in that in that bimbe? Beyond um, just because it's fun or because they're trying to bring the Orisha down and mount them on certain people? Do you understand what it's really, really about? The drumming and the dancing and the and the singing and, and, and doing all of those things together. And the bimbe doesn't just have to be that, man. The bimbe is just having a good time. You know, it's it's enjoying the promises of Oludumare. And you came down here with the promise. You see, that's your authority. That, yeah, I can do certain things. I can make certain things happen. So look at it like this. And this is going to sound harsh. Complaining is wicked. I know it sounds harsh, but just think about it for a second. If you can, you know, throw the logic in there. If celebrating, even in the midst of trouble, even in even in the midst of of problems and 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 tribulations and trials and and need I even say persecution, if being able to celebrate in the midst of all of that is a divine act because you're acknowledging what the divine has implanted into you. If you go the other route and you complain as if you don't have that authority and the divine has not implanted in something in you, then you're going against your natural positioning and your natural right. Well, I've said that before. What is wickedness? Going against the natural order. The natural order is for you to be an author of the world. That's natural. For you to be a victim of the world is unnatural. So essentially, somebody who complains and whines is a wicked person. You notice complainers and whiners is usually other stuff that comes behind that. Have you ever met someone who's not a consistent complainer and whiner who's also not uh, manipulative and uses their complaining and whining to, to manipulate you and other people? You usually will find a lot of complaining and, 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 and whining amongst lazy people, too. Complaining and whining again, uh, you know, amongst some of the people who are the most unloving, because they haven't planted seeds of anything. And if you ain't planted a seed, then nothing's gonna happen. That's the bottom line. If you ain't planted the seed, nothing's gonna happen. We have nothing to work with. If you haven't planted a seed, you know, I say that so often when people come to me and say, "Man, I want money. I want this. I want that." I say, "All right, what you got going? Nothing. Then you ain't gonna get nothing going." We ain't got nothing to work with. You haven't acknowledged first that you have the authority. You got to acknowledge your authority first before I can even work with you. I know that sounds new. I know it does. I know a lot of this stuff sounds new. Um, Because I'm not paying you to hear it. I mean, you're not paying me to hear it. That's why. You're getting it for free. So you're getting it real. You start paying people sometimes they you, sometimes you you know they think you're paying them to hear what you want to hear. They start playing around. Lucky for me though, whether you pay me or not, I'm still gonna offend you. No, I'm joking. Uh somewhat. Mm. More pineapple juice. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how it works. 
if your if your innate authority has not been acknowledged first, then your spiritual work doesn't actually even work. You can't circumvent that. You can't go around it. You know, you can't say, well, I'm not planting these seeds. I'm not doing anything, but I want you to get me this and get me that and get me that. It doesn't work that way. You came to this, this planet with what? Physicality. Well, what does that mean? This is the realm of doing. You got to do something. A lot of times we're calling for, for Arisha and different energies to do things that we just too lazy or too insecure to do for ourselves. I want money. That's, you know, and I'm, I obviously I keep bringing that up because that's a popular one. I get people all the time say, hey, man, I want riches. I want wealth. I want this and that. So then I'll ask questions like this. What do you know about money? What do you know about wealth? Not much. Then why are you even talking to me about this right now? You're not ready for me. You're not ready to have this conversation yet. You know, do you, do you know anything about investing? Do you know anything about currency? Do you know anything about foreign currencies? Do you know anything about international trade? You know, just make it simple. Let's, let's go even simpler than that. Do you know anything about compound interest? You know, make it real simple. Saving. Do you have a bank account? Do you not have a bank account? You know, whatever it is. And I'm not saying you should go get a bank account. I'm not an advocate of that. But what I'm just saying is that a lot of times we haven't even planted the seed. But we want the world. That's wicked. When the Most High, Ola Dumari, I said, listen, I'm going to show you how to do this, man. But I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the power to do what I can't do in my form because I don't have a physical form. I'm going to negate for myself. I'm going to take a piece of myself away. So that it can live in this physical form for a time, which is a negation. But the key that I'm going to give you that's going to balance out the, the, the aging carcass of that physical form is I'm going to give you my authority. So now when you come in contact with Arisha and different energies, they will listen to you. You can send them to charge because you have my authority. But you have to prove my authority by doing and planting seed. The same way you are the seed that I planted. See, like picture Oludamari... Picture Akara. You guys don't know who Akara is. That's another whole nother, whole nother conversation. Picture Akara going to Oludumari and saying, listen, all right, now I, I let you come into being. You said you wanted to be defined. You said you wanted to come into being. And I let that happen. Now, you wanted to define things and learn things. What have you done? And Olo Dumari says, well, I've just been up here flying around in, in, in nowhere, in the, in the void. Well, then, you know, you didn't deserve to come into being out of my essence. But see, Olo Dumari would turn around and say, well, listen, this is what I did. I negated from myself billions of times. I broke myself down to almost nothing. So that I could live out what we call the human experience so that I can learn definition. I could define things. I could separate things. I could, I could segregate them, learn about them, and then put them back together, which is basically what life is. So then the car will say, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know what? I'm going to give you some more power. I'm going to give you some more insight. I'm going to give you some more this, that, 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 because you've put that work in. Because you've planted those seeds of, of, of human beings, or what we call Araaye. Araaye. You know, a lot of times when you're dealing with Europe, with Europe the words are kind of compressed a little bit. 
we say Araye, but that's a that's a combination of Ara and Aye. Ara means like you know people who inhabitants of people who live somewhere, and Aye means the Earth's crust. So you know it's it's really Ara, Aye in that sense. Very similar to when I greeted you all this dawning, I said Eku, Eku Oruro. You know now most people say Ekaro, but Ekaro is the shortened version of Eku. Oruro. You know, it eku oruro means um I'm I'm welcoming you welcoming you for the purpose of this dawning. You know, very similar to like if you speak in Fanti, you would say um muha muha means like good dawning, but muha is short for mimowo aha, which means I give you the dawning. I present to you the dawning. You know, it's good a lot of times. I know it probably doesn't feel as fun, <laughs> but it's it's good a lot of times to take your time to learn um, the fullness of certain words, man. You know, you, you'd be surprised how rich certain languages are and even the protocol and the courtesy and the authority that is in certain languages. Like, you know, when you say no wait when you say um no muachi muachi is good dawning muaha muajo muachi good dawning muaha is good good afternoon excuse me and then muajo is um good evening so you say muachi mumawachi you know i give you this this dawning or i give you this morning they would say morning they wouldn't say dawning but you know well who are you to give me the dawning <laughs> Think about it for that. Who are you to give me morning? Well, maybe I need to find that out. But you see, sometimes I get that gets lost if you don't. So, right in the very essence of, of many languages, you, you you learn some very divine principles. In that sense, you learn some very divine principles just in in the idea of. Um, just looking at the words and looking how people speak about certain things, you know? Yeah. So divine authority is the, uh, is the word of the day, man. And divine authority is strengthened through celebration. All right. That's, that's your, that's your shortcut. That's your fun fact. That's your shortcut trick. If you want to know how to strengthen your ability to, get certain things done two simple steps you plant a seed and you celebrate over the seed easy that's easy you could do that you could do all of that in your living room <laughs> that's very easy you plant a seed and you celebrate it and no matter what's happening keep celebrating it no matter what's happening you celebrate it that's the key oh, I need a little bit more juice Don't be deterred by false evidence. Sometimes you see things that are no longer there, but you still think it's there because the evidence of their presence being there at one time is still is still present. So then you lose hope. You see? You lose hope. So now you go into that place of complaining and waning and, and whining, complaining and whining, and you abject your spiritual authority. 
Say, okay, well, I don't have any authority over this because I saw evidence that somebody else was here. Nah, uh uh-uh, it doesn't go that way. You celebrate despite. Nah, I got this. I did this. I got this. That's why we give the rum when we do the ritual. Here, I'm going to give you the rum now. We're going to celebrate now. Before we even do the elbow, I'm going to give you the rum. Because I I know you're going to do I know my authority. You're going to do it. I'm not even worried about that. You think when, when Olodumare breathed the breath of life into people and Obatala formed their, head, their heads, that they were nervous? I hope this works. <laughs> Come on. Nobody was nervous. They knew their, their divine right and their divine authority. You have the same exact thing. You have the same exact thing. Now, just remember, though, (laughs) that gives you the right to screw things up. So just because you have divine right and divine authority, don't go out there now shaking a tail feather and saying, I do what I want. I do what I want. Don't be like them little kids who be on a Maury Povich show, them daytime shows that their parents can't handle anymore. You know, they come in there, them little girls, they have little mini skirts sort of stuff. I slept with 20 different men. I do what I want. I do what I want. My mother can't tell me nothing. I smacked her. I beat her. Don't be like those kids. (laughs) Just because you got divine authority doesn't mean that that you have divine wisdom. It's not the same thing. Doesn't mean that you're tapped into the sciences of Orumila, that you have that knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. You're going through all all this work and all these processes in order to gain that. You know, but but understand that... um, the more knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that you that you gain and that you take on, the more authority that you actually have because the more your nervous system can can stand. So studying is a, is a divine aspect of this. You might be wondering why I haven't given you guys rituals in a long time. Probably been maybe two years since you got a ritual from me. Or longer. There's a reason for that. I don't even talk about Arisha that much anymore with you. Going back to what uh, Brother Byron said, cracking open the veil. He said going through, but I'm going to say tearing it. Ripping that veil in half. The veil of reality that keeps you from seeing your true self, your true glorified self. You got to rip that veil in half, man. Stop being so scared all the time. Stop being so afraid of judgment. You have the divine right and authority to make a total fool out of yourself in this life. You only go around a couple of hundred times. Might as well enjoy them. You have the divine right to be a guru. You have the divine right to be a gangster. Anything you so choose to be. You know, and of course, there's cause and effect. And of course, people listening, especially the older people, they're the ones who don't understand things like, how you going to tell somebody that? Because a lot of them are still in church and their minds. They're still sitting in the pews waiting for Jesus to come back. That's where their minds still are. They're still trapped there in those cycles. It's hard for them to understand. Well, if you look at these Orisha, we're told that we're older than Orisha and we have authority over them. And we see how wild the freaking Orisha are. Then don't we also have passage and ability to be just as wild? What's constraining us? You hear about all of the lovers Oya had or, or Oshun or, or Shango or 
or their, their swiftness to action, their swiftness to judgment, their swiftness to correcting certain situations, you see, or, or you read stories about um, Orumila divining for Olofin. Olofin is the spirit of the law. You know, so you, it's like it's like doing a reading for the president of the United States. Boldly, like, look, let me tell you what it is. No fear, because I know what I'm tapped into. I'm not afraid. You know, how many of us are really rolling like that? Well, just think about this. If you're denying yourself in that way, you're denying your authority. If you're denying your authority, you're essentially, you got to realize one thing will take the place of the other. So in our tradition, we have, and I'm going to say this and we're going to close out soon. So let me just say this. Anybody who has any, any questions or anything like that, I'm trying to sit up. My stomach is still all knotted up, but anybody who has any questions or whatever, just throw them in the chat room or do the call in number thing before we head out. But, um, in our system, we have what's called the Ajogan. And some of you may be very familiar with the, or, or at least a little bit familiar with the Ajogan. We call them the obstacles, right? Well, you know, and we say, okay, well, Eshu, Eshu Ilegba is the owner of those obstacles. Well, look at it like this for a second. When you, when you choose complaints over celebration or celebration over complaints, right? You can make certain energies through your celebration or through your works or through your evos. You, you bring them into a space. They live in that space through the actual work that you do, right? So if I'm constantly full of praise and full of celebration, and I'm not talking about walking around every five minutes, Ashe, that's right, Ashe. I'm not saying that. You don't have to do that. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be false. You don't have to replace Amen with Ashe, you know, or thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, ancestors. You know, I'm not saying be phony about it, you know. But what I'm saying is that when you have a heart of praise, you know what I'm saying? When, when you have a, a heart full of praise, you know, it might be as simple as looking at yourself in the mirror and say, damn, I'm gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> you might be one of those type of people. You know what I mean? I had a cousin like that, you know. He wasn't really that good looking to me. But I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to judge guys because, like I said, I think all guys are ugly. But he's always do that. Man, I look good. I'm so chocolatey. I'm so chocolatey, yo. I look so good. All right. Well, that's that's what he was thankful for, you know. But so whatever it is, but you understand that when you fill your temple, when you fill your your aura with that praise, you don't allow other things to inhabit that same space. You see, now that's key. I'm going to show you why that's key. If we can say that, um, praise in that sense, right, fills a certain space. It's just like if any of you, again, have ever been to a bimbe or any type of spiritual celebration, right? What you've noticed is that as soon as you go into the room or into the space wherever it's being held, it's like that entire environment, you know, is, is filled up with, with that particular energy. Like it just, you know, it's undeniable. I mean, Honestly, and that's in any any religion, you know, any spiritual system, you know, when people are really praising and giving thanks and stuff like that, the vibration and the feeling that kind of takes over those spaces is undeniable. You know, regardless if you agree with what they're praising or not, you know, there's, there's something kind of special, 
you know, in some senses, there's something kind of special about praise in that sense, right? So you're giving in that sense, it's just like when you when you make Arisha, you know, or or if you're doing a particular ceremony and you know, you give those Arisha a place to be. It could be a mat where you lay out the the, the mat of wealth, as we call it in the tradition, you know, or you may have a pot or you may have a shrine and you say, Okay, I'm gonna give them a place to be. It's no different with a jogan, or obstacles, or what some of you may perceive as demons. They're, they're not demons, though, but, you know, we'll, we'll roll with it for a minute. Um, what some of you may perceive as those, those particular hindering energies, you know, look at it like this. Where do I want them to live? Through, and, and I'll explain it again. Through praise, um, those divine energies and that divine authority, you become filled with it. It lives in you. Through whining, complaining, and giving more energy and value to your circumstance and giving more energy and value value to the, the symptoms of your circumstance, you give the, the obstacles a place to live. So which one do you want living in you? Do you want those divine energies living in you? Or do you want those those blocking? obstructing energies to live in you. My thing is if you don't have a if you don't have a connection to the divine through divine lineage, I don't think you should have anywhere to live. I don't know I don't know if you all can get that per se. But if you think about what I spoke about last strong and I told you those who are soulless don't have a connection. You know, so what they have to do is try to figure out a way to co-op your connection. So essentially, essentially they're homeless. So they figure out, out a way to take your home. Castrate the man, then you can rape the woman. And sometimes you don't understand that when you deny your divine authority, you're giving them a place to live. Whether it be in your own psyche, you're giving them a place to live. My thing is, I don't want my enemies to live anywhere. I don't want any any energy that's trying to obstruct me or that's against me to live anywhere. I wanted to roam the, the, the earth for, for five years and then slowly dissipate into nothing without a home. How many of you feel like you don't have a home? Who feel homeless, like you have no root? Well, it might be because you've taken on that same exact energy of the soulless. You've pretended that their story is your story. You've pretended that their calamity is your calamity. It's, you know, something to kind of think about. I used to always talk about that when I'd see, like, new parents and uh, how often they would always be checking the crib for their baby. I remember I had a friend, and it was so sad because I did have a friend who, him and his, his wife, they dealt with this. But I used to always say, man, you, you, that baby ain't going to die in there. You know, I said, you just used to, we're taught to always look into the crib like that because we're taught that from, from you know, groups of people who had 50, 50% more in, uh, infant mortality rates. You don't have that problem. Let's stop looking in the crib. The baby's strong. The baby's fine. <laughs> Go on to do something else. You know, but sometimes we take on... See, that's the greatest way to control the people. I've said that in early, early shows. The, the way you control the people is by giving them your mind. Because once you give them your mind, you give them your fears and your, your insecurities and your hang-ups. 
you know, so we, we end up, we eat too much. <laughs> you know, we always have this sense of, of depravity and lack, though that may not have anything to do with your story. I see people in certain regions, because I travel a lot, food all over the place. Fish in the water, fruit on the trees, anything are growing in the soil, they're talking about they're hungry. You took on somebody else's uh <laughs> you took on somebody else's story. That's not your story, man. You need to put that Bible down for a second. <laughs> you reading some old stories, they got nothing to do with you, player. Your situation is, is straight. That's not what your need is. But they've controlled you by giving you their mind and their fears. You see? So you've given that energy or that ajogan or that obstacle a place to live when it should never have been given a place to live. You've given it a place to settle in in your own psyche. I don't want that. I don't want that energy to settle in on my psyche. I want it to be homeless. I want it to have no place to land. No place to root in. I only want my divine protectorates to have a place to land in the root. You know, just give us some thought. All right, we're going to get out of here. I don't think there's any questions in the chat room. I was scanning a little bit while I was talking. Um, and I'm not going to overdo it. Because <laughs> I was able to hold on for this long. I'm just looking through a little bit. Uh You know, I had somebody send me a, a a message too, complaining that Friday's show was too short. See the sense of entitlement. See how comfortable people get. You go on YouTube all day. People do these little five, ten minute segments. I do two hours. I get sick one day and do. I think the show was twenty four minutes, and people complaining. That makes me say, I ain't doing any other shows. Y'all can kiss my Y'all can go somewhere. All right, so we're going to have, I just, I was scanning through the chat room real quick just to see if there was any other um, questions. All right, and we're going to get out of here. All right, so I will be back tomorrow during 7 a.m. New subject, of course. And um, like I said, just consider, think about, the opportunities that you have to complain over the opportunities you have to celebrate. And I would urge you today to take some time to celebrate in your rituals. Don't just light the incense. Don't just spray the water. Don't just smoke the cigar. You know, do the running man. You know what the running man is? Do the running man dance. Do the cabbage patch. You know? Do the things that make you celebrate. I'm joking on that. But, you know, just celebrate. Celebrate the promises of authority that you've been given. And watch what will happen. But make sure you do it over a seed. It's almost like celebrating the birth of a baby. That's why when babies are born, we clap, we sing, we dance. We're so happy. Because the baby represents the promise of authority and a new seed. And we celebrate over it. Do that in, in, in your your own... <laughs> Brother Byron... <laughs> Do that in, in your own work, you know, and and don't give those energies a place to live. Don't give them a place to land. Do your complaining, your complaining and your whining. As soon as you feel that type of spirit come on you, when you want to complain and you and you want to whine, immediately take it to a place where you start to celebrate. 
you know, spray out some rum and say, uh-uh, I'm celebrating what's getting ready to happen. And I know it sounds real churchy. But hey, man. Hey, man. You got to have enough security. You got to be able to look around at every single system and see what works and what doesn't work. You know, don't be so insecure that you're afraid to look at another system and say, you know, I can get something from that. You know, because understand that all those systems got what they got from you. Or from the systems that not even from you, I'm not going to give you that much props. They got what they got from the systems that you're trying to learn right now. All right. So there's nothing wrong with, with looking at Islam or looking at Judaism or looking at Protestant Christianity and say, OK, well, let's look what works. And I'm not talking about the things that you got to be strong enough and healthy enough to go back and look. Some of you are still addicted, so you need to stay away until you can get strong enough. Some of you mess around, go back in there and be evangelizing up in here next and putting you know pamphlets in the chat room. So I'm not talking about that. You got to be strong enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of you just. You're just two hours out of it. You know what I mean? And I know you've been cautious for two, three years and everything, but that's a relatively short time. You know, I've been doing these segments for like six years. And and I always say they're new segments because in, in relative to the amount of time that I've been doing this actual work, that's nothing. You know, this has been the shortest um, experience I've had in my entire journey of consciousness. You know, so... Uh, I praise you for the two, three years that you've put in. I'm, I'm with you, you know, but there's so much more in this journey to learn. Oh, man. You know, it, it gets it gets beyond that point of being angry because <laughs> you're learning this and learning that. And they putting this in the food and get once you're able to get beyond that, when you've settled some of those things, figured out what you want to eat, what you want to wear, how you want to work, how you want to make your money, things like that. Then it starts to get enjoyable. There's there's another side to consciousness, you know, where it's a fun side to it as well. Some people go too quickly into the fun side and they don't get anything done. But there's another side, in, you know, to it where it becomes very celebratory because you start to understand, too, some of the habits and inklings that you have. You start to learn where they came from. You know, if you like to play dice or, you know, you like to hunt or you know, watch certain sports and, and things like that, you start to see where it comes from and it becomes a much more, like I'm looking at the slide right now that's saying life is the magic ritual. That was one of the things I said in the show. You learn that life, that your full experience of life is the magic ritual. Imagine that, being in the spiritual world saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make another form of myself and it's going to live a whole nother life that I'm going to sit back and observe. Ain't that deep? You just think about it. That's deep. What do we do when we make children? Isn't that a form of magic ritual? And your children don't even have the same connection that you do to your higher self, to your already iporin. Your children don't even have that same connection. So this, your whole coming into a, into being was a process of somebody performing a divine magic ritual. So that means essentially you're made of magic. And this ain't some Black Lives Matter corny stuff, all right? So look, just be clear on that. So don't start quoting that, that nonsense. All right. So uh, we're going to get out of here, all right? Um, I'll speak to you all tomorrow. And hopefully tomorrow, early show, I will not be too sick to actually do the show. All right. To such time, thank you, everyone, for your well wishes, for your phone calls, and um, for looking out for me. And uh, just making sure that magic lives matter. That's funny. 
That's a t-shirt. Lotus Scholar. Somebody's going to take that and put that on a shirt. Magic Lives Matter. You better hurry up and do it for the Wiccans do it. Because that, like, that looks like a show enough Wiccan slogan. You know, they love taking stuff that don't belong, though. But, um... <laughs> yeah, y'all be careful with them Wiccans, too, man. Them Wiccans love to try to set you up for some orgy action. Yeah, I got caught up in one of... I didn't do the orgy, but I got caught up in some of that. Especially when they see sisters. They always inviting sisters to their gatherings. You know, next thing you know, they all be licking on you. Trying to get that energy. But, um... Yeah, man. You know, just keep in mind, uh, take some time to celebrate. And like I said, I, I just thank you, everyone who checked in for me. I really do appreciate that, man. You know, um, you know, I didn't get back to I don't think I got back. I may have got back to one or two people. Maybe I was blurred out. So I don't even think I got back to anyone. I wasn't ignoring you. It's just that I was like, I, I couldn't even type, <laughs> you know, my, my I was messed up. So. You know, again, just thank you for 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 looking out and making sure the old man was still alive. <laughs> All right, and like I said, um, just don't forget this this important piece. Peace.